Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. What you what you want? What you what you want? Welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks Podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network. I'm Stephen Vargas. And this is our weekly podcast that focuses on the news and topics that interest us for the week of April 3rd, 2016. Fuck, we made it into April already? Shit. Years are melting away, dude. I know. Uh, it's just like, oh my god. Oh, to wake up in 2042? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Rip Van Winkle style. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Where'd all this come from? <laughs> Everyone's gonna be driving Teslas, <laughs> <laughs> eating eating food in pill form, right? Yeah, which we were already supposed to have, I guess, but you know, didn't quite get there yet. Uh, before we jump into this packed episode, um, announcing the Star Trek's viewers' choice for this uh, for the away team podcast, and that is Times Arrow. And, uh, what a shock. I know, right? Um, so uh, we discussed this, and what we're going to do is, is we're going to basically dedicate one episode to part one, and the second episode of the month will be part two. So we're basically going to do one really long episode, but we're going to split it up. Right. And uh, so so you'll get it. And it won't be like the alternate week. This, this time we'll actually do part one one week. The next week, part two, we'll just push um, – the uh, the uh, cheap seats into the the last week of the month, so you'll get that. By the way, I saw that movie we chose, and I, uh, that Adam actually selected. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Dude. I saw it today. Uh, just for those of you, it's called Kung Fury, and oh my god! <laughs> I saw oh, I saw so a cool. meme. I saw a meme from it. That he said, um, what age is this or something? And this woman goes, this is the Viking age. And he goes, that would explain the laser raptors or some <laughs> yeah. stupid shit. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You got a Kung Fu Hitler. Yeah. So it's. Uh, that just makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's historically accurate. Right. You know. 
<laughs> so that movie would come to you. If you haven't checked it out on Netflix, do so at your own peril or wait till the podcast. And then you hear us talk about it. Then you'll be like, I need to check this out. <laughs> uh, so it just looks stupid. We were looking, we were looking for movies. I said, you know what? Fuck this bullshit. Let's do this movie. <laughs> and all the freaking um, re- reviews on Netflix for it had me laughing my ass off. It's like side scrolling so. video game, you know, meets like bad porno acting. And it's only like a half an hour long, I think. I think it's about 25 minutes too long, really. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't even make time traveling sense, you know. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, but yeah. I think that I think the, the tagline of that movie should just be fuck it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so, um. Last weekend, I <laughs> I got heavily involved in the show, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Uh, it's FX show, and uh, I, I've been wanting to check it out, but, you know, kept falling behind on it. And, you know, everybody that I know, sans Adam, because Adam doesn't watch TV. No, um, not was much like, of it anyway. Was like, it's a good show. You need to watch it. And, I mean, one, it has Travolta in it, so you already know it's going to be kind of hammed up a little bit. But uh, I got the I have the FX Now app on uh, my Apple TV and my Xbox, so I downloaded it, went on there, and um, watched it. I saw all eight episodes to that point in less than twenty four hours. It was oddly addicting, like crazy addicting. Kind of like the O.J. Simpson trial. <laughs> yeah, but it was like it was to the point where you're just kind of like. Man, I I forgot that happened. But it at the same time it was kind of like yeah, kind of like you treated it like you for there's an aspect in the show where they're they're, you know, tell this is like one of the first televised court like when court TV really came to prominence at that time. And yeah, they followed the shit out of that trial. Oh, yeah. I was little when it like that was like the early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like it was two like years after the riots in LA. I was like fucking 8. And, like, they were, like, they even showed, like, the scene of, like, I think it was ABC or something like that. And they're, like, people are, watch- like, the numbers they're getting for watching that trial. And the guy's, like, he's, like, those are more than any, um, he goes, in all our scripted shows. He goes, preempt them. Go for the trial. Move the trial over to that. And there's even one aspect where the guy's, like, man, they need to bring that Kato Kay- um, guy back. He was really good character. Like, even some of the people were like, it's thought it acted like it was a show. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, it was one of those where you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot if that happened. Or you just see how, how, just how much of a sure thing the DA thought it was, and then how much they fell into the defense's traps and stuff like that. If you haven't watched it, if you're one of those that are like, everybody talks about it, I don't like watching shows that are better, fuck you, watch it. I dare you to watch the first episode and not want to see the second one. There's only one episode left. By the time this podcast airs, I think it airs on Tuesday night. So the Tuesday night will be the, the I guess, series finale of this. And if you don't know what happens, <laughs> you know, spoiler, if yeah. you don't know what happens. But, uh, yeah, it's a really good – it's a really, really intriguing show. It was one of those I really couldn't believe I found myself. I'm Cuban Gooding Jr.'s OJ, Malcolm Jamal Warner's AC Green. Um, every every time, I know 
he's like a good actor. But every time I hear Cuba Gooding Jr., I think of that really bad movie he was in where he was on the cruise boat. Oh. The cruise ship. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Snow Dogs. <laughs> that too. Like, he's done some real shit fucking movies. Like, well, you know what's funny is that they, they always win the Oscar for, like, a good performance. And then they do shit after that. It's like the I owe the I owe some directors favors movies like right I gotta do I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to do these movies I know and you, it feels like that too oh and they phone that fucking performance in too oh god yeah <laughs> uh, but if you have the if you have an Xbox or uh, iOS surprisingly they don't offer that app on Sony so another reason why I had to kick the Xbox on. Uh, also, I haven't finished it. I've actually just started watching the first four episodes of season two of Daredevil. Fucking amazing. I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, the the, the first arc is uh, the Punisher arc. And uh, I I think the guy that plays Punisher, uh, John um, Bernthal, does a real good job with him. Kind of captures the essence of him because there's a lot of things in there where you're like he could easily do that but he doesn't and if you know the character you know why he doesn't do it um and uh so uh there if you guys remember in season one if you haven't seen it yet it's it starts it hits the ground running like the first the the first uh i guess the opening scene in the movie is somebody like committed a robbery and of course daredevil is picking them off one by one yeah uh spider-man style really yeah and uh but uh you know there's somebody's a, a um, somebody's assassinating all these different gangs the irish gang the aryan gang all of these in hell's kitchen and people are saying like oh military type precision think it's a group of guys of course if you know the story you know who's doing it um but uh if you remember in season one there was a badass scene where daredevil was fighting in that hallway and then he would like fall into different rooms. You would hear like, you know, a fight going on, the people getting tossed into the hallway. And it was all kind of done in one shot. Uh, season two has another one like that. It starts in a hallway, then goes down a staircase. And yeah, they've been talking about this scene. That scene is like John and I were watching it and we're like going, Oh shit, and we're like seeing the hallway. I was like, like, damn, all right. Then he goes into the staircase, I'm like, fuck. And it just goes completely. It just keeps going. You're just like, holy shit! I'm surprised. I'm surprised Charlie Cox didn't like stop in the middle of it. Like, I need a breather. Mm. <laughs> I forget where it was, but it was um, someone said it was the the evolution of the hallway scene. Yeah, it really was. It, yeah, it was like him going down the staircase and like people coming out of nowhere and him just throwing people over, fighting them, going all the way down. You're just like, fuck, dude. That's one of the things I love about this, and you can actually tell in season two that they had more money to throw at stuff. Right. And, and, but I thought one of the real great things about season one is that you knew that it, it didn't have a lot, a whole lot of money, but they worked with it. Yeah. Like they really worked with it. They made use of it and made it spectacular to watch. That's why I'm always like, Oh, well they threw a lot of money and it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. You know, there's been plenty of movies (laughs) have a lot of money and they suck. Green Lantern. Um, <laughs> so I ended at this at episode four with the introduction of Electra. So I'm gonna hopefully check out some more this this week. And uh, but is she hot though? Oh yeah. 
Mm. I mean, compared to Jennifer Garner, come on. That's a specific part of the character, though. Yeah. Like, I'm not being sexist. Like, Electra's always hot. Yeah. So. Except, like, a white girl with red hair, you know? Hmm. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. So, and she, they didn't fight on a, they didn't fight on a seesaw, just so you guys know. Oh. They should have. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Um, so, this, uh, last week, a uh, new Marvel comic came out after the whole slate of all new stories that are coming out. X-Men 92, issue one. <laughs> this comic was a trip, dude. <laughs> And we both read it, just so you yeah, guys know. We I did. It's not it's not the typical I saw this and you didn't bullshit. Yeah. Or vice versa. So what did you think of it? Um, you know what? It was it was fun. I mean, it it was really it really had the same feel of the cartoon. Yeah. Which is what it's trying to do. I mean, everyone's drawn like they were in the ca- Wolverine came out. I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I was yeah. like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it had a cool. It had a, it had a like a um a very clean artistic style, which I enjoyed. I, I like that, you know, especially for something a little more lighthearted. It was lighthearted until they got to the villain. Right. Um, which I was. Alpha Red? Yeah. Spoilers in case you... I was surprised at how good that villain was for that yeah. book. Because we're in the beginning... And this is going to be spoilers because I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> in the beginning, it was like... Very lighthearted. He had fucking like stupid stuff. Like someone said Professor and both Beast because he's a teacher. Right. And Professor X turned around at the same time. Yes. You know, just stupid cornball shit. You know, but it was funny. It was Wolverine cute. Wolverine on rollerblades. Wolverine on rollerblades. <laughs> the cartoon. It was the cartoon. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, shit got real. It started fleshing out the story. And you see, I'm not going to get too into this, but you see um, the, the villain and where he's coming from. And you're like, fuck. Dark as fuck. And I'm actually excited to read the second issue. Yeah. Because when I was first started reading, I'm like, I'm probably not even going to pick this shit up again. Like, it's cool, you know, but whatever. Again, I read, I've read too many DC books to be with that campy shit. You know? <laughs> um, but I thought it was all right. What did you think about it? Um, I dug it. Like, I, I kind of had the same experience you had where it was a little like, all right, you know, okay, campy shit. I thought, like, yeah, like halfway through it, I was like, okay, you know, it's an issue one. It's. It's it's whatever you know, and it, yeah, definitely a reminder of of the the cartoon series. And then when they started talking about you know, and then the the Russian the whole Russian aspect threw me because I'm like, really, comrade? I go what? And then I had to keep reminding myself, ninety two, ninety two. This is yeah. what we're talking. About. Like, oh yeah, that's right. They're so, still the enemy. Yeah, you know? or the 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 lesser enemy yeah and then yeah when they started drawing into the whole soviet version of the super soldier serum and stuff like that i was like okay oh okay that's a little deeper yeah Yeah. and how he's you know sending doom spelling doom for the x-men and all of that so yeah at the end i thought it was i liked the little cliffhanger ending they had um i'll probably pick up issue two and see see where it goes from there but it is definitely one of those that if you aren't into that, you won't like it. Um, but it, it, it does. The kinda... creepiest thing that villain did was the dudes came to get him, 
Oh, right. And he goes, you smell like a German. Like, yeah. It was just creepy. You like, smell, damn. You smell like Germany. Because I, I, he mentioned the countries. So you yeah. smell like Germany. And, uh, it was just the way it was written. It was just, And it was weird, too, because it's almost like that villain doesn't kind of fit yeah. in that book. Because that's a villain straight out of a, a fucking serious book. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, but he's in a book that's, like, whimsical. <laughs> right you know so it's 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 almost like you're gonna have the x-men of 92 go fight this dude and they're gonna be like what the fuck like <laughs> there is a lot of gambit involved too by the way of course yeah you know i so. i think the downfall of the book is going to be the nostalgia because i think for a lot of people the nostalgia is going to wear off yeah and then they're not going to want to read it anymore unless they can really get that story popping up. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was at with too with that. Like, you know, yeah, the nostalgia factor, you know, we've seen it in other books and stuff like that. And we'll have to see where it goes and if they kind of make it a little edgier. Because if, if it stays a little too lighthearted, then it's going to be, you know, everybody's going to kind of fall off. They're, they're going in the right direction, I think. Yeah. But they got to keep it going because um, I never read really read X-Men. I, I watched a cartoon. You know, but I, considering some a lot of the X Men books that I've read, this is pretty light, like extremely light, considering all the other X Men books that I've that right. I've dealt with. Um, so yeah, so we'll have to see how how this plays out. But uh, I guess, uh, and I we'll talk about issue two when that rolls out. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm gonna pick it up. Yeah, I'll pick it up too. Um, talking about the nostalgia tip. <laughs> um, rogue squadron motherfucker uh i'm gonna read the short article from pc gamer superb star wars dogfighting sim rogue squadron 3d has made it to steam at last released in 1998 for windows and the nintendo 64 rogue squadron claimed quote astonishing 3d details include real-time lightning and special effects explosion smoke engine glow trace fire and more uh, it's showing a few wrinkles now, but there's still not quite nothing quite like it for swooping around in an X-Wing, imagining that your targeting computer is firmly stowed away. On the downside, when Rogue Squadron uh, came to GOG in January last year, many users had to wrestle with it to get it run smoothly. Doesn't look like, uh, it doesn't look as if all those issues have been fixed. Controller support is partial. Reviews have it that Xbox One controllers can be found acceptably or bound acceptably, but the Steam controller is out. Alt tapping is impossible, and sometimes the camera goes for a wander. <laughs> As nostalgia fodder, however, it might do the trick. And uh, Wes, on uh, for PC Gamer, has some workarounds for the GOG's version uh, versions issues that may come in handy here. Some of you, some of you young young dudes and ladies listening don't understand when this game came out this was the shit it blew everyone's fucking mind oh my god yeah. the graphics were insane yeah. like a lot of people's computers couldn't run it yeah like this was crisis three of 1998 <laughs> yeah. like this was a big fucking deal my computer couldn't run it i remember back then i had like an old ibm aptiva that i used to play like diablo 2 on yeah. And I was like, oh, Rogue Squadron. And back then, there was fucking no key codes and shit. Yeah. My friend was like, check it out. He had a copy of it. I tried to install my computer, firmly said, go fuck yourself. It could <laughs> not run that. I played it on the N64. Oh, my God. 
I remember playing that shit just to be like, oh my god. And when it's funny because when it says like the camera goes um goes for a wander, I'm like, oh yeah, that was the N64. Yeah, that's just how the game was. <laughs> that's how the game was. It's like it would go for a wander. You'd be going, hey, man, what the fuck are you going? <laughs> no! <laughs> I ain't looking that way. <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> that's cool, man. A little nostalgia stuff. And and the the glitches and it not running. I mean, you have to. It's an old game, dude. They're not gonna put that much work into it, right? That's you know. Cool. So, but there's always the community that will figure it out and yeah, get yeah. it working right. It's one of those where now when I saw that, I was like, oh, maybe I gotta get to Steam. <laughs> I remember, I was um, I was playing Diablo two a few years back. I I got nostalgic. I'm like, man, I'm trying to get on that Diablo two. And back then, I still had the discs from back in the day. I don't know where the fuck they went now. And I installed it, and it ran, but it it doesn't go past, like, a really small resolution. I was online, and fucking some, some dude, like, made a patch. I was playing, I said, at 1920 by 1080. I was like, <laughs> god damn. You saw, like, the whole game. Oh, <laughs> like, the whole map. You're like, fuck. It was, pretty, it was pretty cool, and I beat the game again. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, according to the article, the game is going for seven pounds uh, or ten bucks. That's not too bad, dude, for an old school, for an old school game. game. I actually, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? I may try Steam just to try it, just to, to play that shit. Nostalgia purposes only, I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of nostalgia, <laughs> um, I have been. Well, I always, you know what? Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I got a couple emulated games on my computer. All right. Hmm. Am I ashamed? No. Hmm. Um, Does this surprise anyway. you? No. <laughs> I got uh, my Xbox One controller, uh, which I thought was going to be a pain in the ass because I'm running Linux, but I guess it's in the Linux kernel natively. So I just plugged it in and it worked fine. Um,. Playing Wii games, <laughs> so I was sitting there playing. Um, I got the it was like newer Super Mario Brothers Turbo Alpha Plus. I don't know what the fuck it's called, dude. I was playing the shit out of that game. Oh yeah. And you know what? I know Nintendo's not going to be mad because I'm trying to get that Wii U now, dude. Oh really? Just so I can play Mario. Well, I want to. I'm thinking about getting a 2DS. Oh right. I say 2DS because I'll never bring it out. Like, I'm, I'm an adult. If I'm out of the house, I'm busy. Mm. You know, so I might as well get the cheaper one because I'm not going to use 3D. Because 3D anything gives me a fucking headache. Um, and I've played a 2DS before. And I have pretty big hands and it's more comfortable for me. Mm. Like, because your, your hands are more separated when you're playing it. I don't know. It was weird. So... Um, yeah, nostalgia all day. I was playing Mario, and then I, I was playing. Um, what else did I get? Oh, that Spider Man Two. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, the man. best Spider Man game ever. Like the movies, where the first question it asks you, "Do you want easy swing or free swing?" You put that shit on free swing. You get Spider Man going like one web out this hand, the other on this. He do tricky moves when you master that shit. Oh yeah. You can't do that in the newer one. So, I thought that was pretty cool, but um, definitely getting me leaning into a Wii U. But then I'm like, this NX fucking whispers in the dock. 
I don't want to buy a Wii U and then like, ah, fuck the Wii U. We're making an NX now. Yeah. And Nintendo always does that backwards compatibility shit too. Yeah. So, because I was if I'm if I'm getting a Wii U, so I have a PS4 and I have an Xbox One. The Xbox One's the living room console. Um, the PS4 is up in a bedroom, and I. It's funny. I bought these things. I rarely play either of them. Um, I'm usually on my computer. Um, if I got a Wii U, the Wii U would be the living room console because I found that it a Mario game can pretty much be enjoyed by anybody. True. You know, it, it, it's right now. It's like people come over who aren't big gamers. They don't want to play fucking Halo and Arkham Knight. You know, it's too much. You bitches. know, for yeah, bitches. pretty much. Pretty much bitches. But then, like <laughs> my friend, I have a friend same name as me, Adam. He doesn't really game as much anymore. It's actually Adam's split personality. He just probably. Too lazy I don't have game. any friends. Yeah. Um, He's just too he lazy doesn't to even game exist. <laughs> it's just, it's just a fucking. Uh, it's a voice it's, emulator. It's a voice emulator. It's, I'm just sitting here by myself. Um, so he came over and he was upstairs. He's like, "What are you doing?" Because he came, he came through, and I did. I wasn't coming out of the office. I'm like, "I'm busy. Fuck off." And he comes up and he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "You get a Wii." I'm like, "Nah, I'm fucking this on my computer because I'm the shit." You know, just being dumb. Mm. He said, like, "Let me get down on that." Four fucking hours we're up here playing. Meh. Super Mario. Because hmm. everybody everybody knows how to play Mario. It's so easy. Like it, it, the How to play Super Mario is ingrained. If you were born in the 80s. Or even the 70s. Or even the fucking 60s. Fuck it. <laughs> if you were born. <laughs> you've played Mario. And Mario is a very simple. Mm-hmm. You know you jump and run. That's yeah. it. And you get little power ups. And now the newer ones, they have more power-ups. Now, of course, I'm playing an emulation, so I don't have a Wiimote. So when it gets to the point where I have to shake my controller, <laughs> I have it artificially bound to the trigger buttons oh, on nice. my Xbox. So you basically just alternate. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was whooping everybody's ass in that game. It's, it's so amazing how I pick it up and I'm running through levels. Like you, I just knew, I just knew how to do it. You know, it's it's amazing. But yeah, I'm, I'm I think I want to start with the 2DS, so you can get all that Mario fix stuff on that, and play a little Pokemon too. There you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, because they have a 2DS bundle that comes with Mario Kart, which, uh, you know, Mario Kart. Right. Yeah. I was playing a little Double Dash earlier too. I'm gonna get arrested. <laughs> but uh. I think Double Dash was the best Mario Kart. The one for um, GameCube. Oh, yeah. Huh? That was the one that had... Um, you could... Like, if you could have Luigi and Mario. And Mario, like... Mario was driving and Luigi was in the back. And you could switch between the two. Yeah, I remember that. It was just that. more interesting. Like, there was so much shit going on. <laughs> you know, but they cut that real quick. Because a lot of people were complaining about that shit. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Now, I, th- I think it's a good enough time to get into headlines. <laughs> it didn't take long for the government to prove that we, uh, what we knew all along, that this was going to happen. The Verge is reporting that the FBI has already broken into the San Bernardino shooter's iPhone, has agreed to the request to break into another phone 
of Hunter Drexler. He and 15-year-old Justin Stanton stand accused of murder. Their attorney says, stated that the clients are not, quote, concerned about anything on that phone. But the prosecutors say that they used the device, the device in question to plan the murders. It's unclear whether law enforcement would have announced whether or not any information was actually retrieved from the device. But you can imagine that it, if it will either be addressed if they did or fade quietly into the ether if no information was retrieved. So, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. I mean, <laughs> none of this is surprising to me. Oh, yeah. You know, I feel I'm honest. I honestly feel bad for Apple. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for And I said this last podcast. It could have been Android. It could have been Windows. It just right. depends on who had what phone. Yeah. It's just because most people have iPhones. You know, I know you could say, oh, more people have Androids. I'm like, yeah, but Androids are pretty fucking varied. Yeah. You know, so the um, Apples are rocking a hard place with this shit because they can deny it, but they're still going to crack through it. You know, it's right. whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, like, you know, when, what we said, you know, it's, and I think I said this on one of the systems update, is that it's not going to stop there. Once they crack it, you know it was going to be used for other things. And this whole, well, just for this one time, bullshit. But see, here's the thing, though. If you have someone in a murder investigation, there are... Legally, they can go into their phone. It doesn't matter if it's encrypted. That's like saying, that's like saying, like, oh, this guy's in a murder investigation. We were gonna check his bedroom, but the door was locked. <laughs> right. But we need the the property owner to come over and unlock the door, which would be perfectly fine. No one would say anything for that. I think the thing that people freak out about is that in the beginning, the FBI was telling Apple, "You need to give us a fucking skeleton key to the iPhone." Right. That's different. That, no, you don't need that. Which you know? is basically what you're going to get if you're going to try to break the Which OS. Which is the nature of the technology, really. Right. Is you know, and then and then the again, and I said this last podcast too. What is the FBI going to say if Apple patches whatever whatever fucking loophole they found to get in? Right. Is the FBI going to say, well, now you're interfering with investigations that haven't happened yet? You but, know. You know, and and here's the thing though is that. All the FBI needs to say is probable cause. Yeah. Because let's be honest. I mean, you could get pulled over for, you know, running a red light. You get taken over there. And then they're like, well, he might have been talking on his phone. So we need to check his phone to see, you know, what they were doing on their phone. You know, and, and it's, then if the FBI starts getting away with this a lot, then you're going to have local police getting away. And that's when it's really going to start getting fucking dirty because mm -hmm. the local police, they'll want everybody's fucking phone. Yeah. And there's been a lot of cases where the local police have been denied by the court because they're like, well, there's no probable cause. They got pulled over for traffic. Why do you need to check their phone? Yeah. See, I think if it's in that case, that's OK. They requested it and the court said no. OK. But the FBI doesn't need to do that. Right. The FBI's like, we need to get into the phone. They don't have to ask permission. Yeah, they su they're supposed to. But let's be honest, <laughs> the FBI don't need to ask for fucking permission to do shit. Exactly. That's the fucking. That's the Men in Black, right? They don't fucking <laughs> care. You know. Right. Boulder and Scully don't need to ask permission. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they know the truth is out there. Obviously, the only thing I know about the FBI I've learned from movies and television. <laughs> but still. 
I mean, that's that's like the it highest. Make it any less valid. <laughs> that's the highest form of police in the country. Yeah, they don't don't give a fuck. You know, so does that mean they're always going to be they're they're maliciously trying to steal everyone's shit? And no, I mean, not necessarily. It just they have investigations and they're trying to find the evidence to put people bad people behind bars. I get it. But it needs to be done with scrutiny. It can't just be fucking open door all the time. Right. It should be the way the law's already set up. There's no even laws that people are like, oh, we need to make laws. To, the law's are already fucking there. You right. can't search through people's shit without probable cause. You just needed to find probable cause. Right. You know, because sometimes that, that term likes to be like, well, it's probable cause because I think he's a shithead. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't work that way, asshole. You know. <laughs> But whatever, you know, we'll see. This is all unfolding, and honestly, no one has control over it. Yeah. It's going to go the way it's going to go, you know, so we'll see. Let's talk about something fun, though. Yeah, let's go the Marvel route and lighten it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're too DC right now. Let's mellow <laughs> it out. Tesla Motors has revealed the prototype of their next car, the Model 3. They need to make some cooler, sexier names, <laughs> by the way. Um, the latest all-electric. The, the Model 3. <laughs> model twat, <laughs> model twat. Um, the latest. <laughs> I like Tesla, by the way. I'm just fucking talking shit. The latest all-electric vehicle from California, from the California car company, is a mid-sized sedan with a base price of thirty-five thousand. Before before federal or state level tax incentives, that's actually a really good fucking price, dude. Thirty-five thousand base price will include a range of at least two hundred and fifteen miles, free access to Tesla's network of high-speed supercharger stations, a 0 to 60 mile per hour acceleration time of less than 6 seconds, although um, CEO Elon Musk also promised higher performance variants. At a higher price, of course. Of course. But they will be there. <laughs> and autopilot, autopilot hardware, um, which is likely to require a one-time software unlocking fee, similar to Tesla's Model S and Model X, autopilot safety features, presumably including things like automatic emergency braking, are part of the 35k base price. Musk also promised that the Model 3 will have a five-star um, NTHSA safety rating um, in every category, not just an overall five-star rating. It's a bold fucking statement right there. <laughs> um, deliveries for the Model 3 are targeted for late 2017, and according to a tweet from Musk today, the number of $1,000 deposits placed on Model 3s uh, are Model 3, which can be done on Tesla's website or at Tesla stores, have exceeded 198,000. With Musk adding, definitely going to need to rethink production planning. <laughs> hmm. um, other features of the Model 3 including included a large single piece of glass over the entire cabin. It's kind of cool. The front window and the back window are the same window. Oh, wow. Yeah, they all they just stretches back. Um, an all-wheel drive option, rear and front trunks, since the car has no engine and no battery, no batteries are – all the batteries are in the floor. Um, a single 15-inch landscape-oriented touchscreen display in the center of the dashboard in the largest interior volume of any car of its size. Um, so this is significant for a couple of different reasons. So Tesla's come out recently – well, in the course of their span – very specific specialty vehicles. Um, the, the the hot rods of fucking electric cars, basically. And they've been balls expensive. But people have been digging them. But a certain class of people have been digging them. People who can afford, <laughs> afford them. them. <laughs> 35000 is in the ballpark of middle class. 
Yeah. Firmly. But that's base model, though. You know nobody goes for that. That's base model. model. But it doesn't matter because, you know, the base model of Maika is 22,000. You know what I mean? And that's right. considered cheap. No one cares about all the extras. I mean, people care when they buy them, but they're going to get in the door because that 35K. This is a big deal, though, because you have similar cars in this price range. You have the Nissan Leaf, which I can't remember how much the Nissan Leaf is. The Nissan Leaf and then fucking – hold on. Wait a tick. <laughs> Nissan Leaf's 29000 Okay? A little bit cheaper. However, it's got a range of 80 miles, significantly smaller. Isn't as sexy. I mean, the, the let's be honest. That's important. You know, the model, you have, the, when you have a name called the Leaf, you know, it's like, right. you know, right. but it's a little, it's a little ridiculous. Right. So the, I think this is a big deal for this technology, really. Hmm. Um, as you can hear, my daughter is freaking <laughs> out at my door. Um, so. I don't know. Well, does that mean that we're going to see a bunch of Teslas? Possibly. Well, I mean, well, the, the the ones before that were well over. Like, what were the ones before that? Because this is like their, is this like their first lower priced model? Yes, this is their yeah. first time, and this is the first one they're going to be mass producing. Yeah. As well, because they they've I mean, opened this, up a new plant. Yeah, and I was going to say that this that I mean, you know, I was I was making jokes about the thirty five thousand, but you know, I mean, to be honest, yeah, because they were considered high end. Uh, high-end cars that only, you know, people rather well-off would be able to uh, to afford. And here you have 35000 which would mean people would be like, oh, well, that's not too bad. Like, you know, it's in the realm of possibility. I mean, if you get a fucking, you know, BMW or a Mercedes, you're going to pay more than that, you know. So I think in a lot of instances, or, you know, a high-powered SUV, and here you're going to get one. The only, the only thing that I, I look at, and this is just from my standpoint is if the front and rear windows are the same glass, that's going to make it a bitch to replace if you get into an yeah. accident, you know? So I, I, I don't know how that works. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> my thing is, is well, fucking Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Steve. Hold on. So for me, the more expensive Teslas that have come out have always been concept cars. Right. Like, yes, people are buying them, but rich people are buying them, which is fine. I'm not making fun of rich people. Because we're not were, one of them. <laughs> right. They were expensive, you know, but they were always concept cars because I always knew, because Elon Musk always said that he wants to make an electric car that everybody can afford. And this is the closest they've gotten to that. I mean, 35K is not exactly everyone can afford, but the kind of people who are like middle class, you know, and they're looking for a really good, decent car, this is a little on the higher end, but they could still afford it, you know? And I think, um, I, I don't know, I think it's great. The, the, the distance has definitely been, or the miles per charge have been brought down a little bit because I remember the more expensive one is like 400 miles. Right. But 215 is definitely serviceable when you're when your closest competition is 80. Right. You know, which is bullshit. Like I couldn't <laughs> even get my day done with 80. You know, so 215 is definitely a good range and those high those supercharged stations are fucking everywhere. Like um 
I was actually when I saw this article, I was like, let's say I wanted, to, let's say I had a, a Tesla Model Three, and I wanted to go to Steve's house from here. So I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. He's in LA. I saw the the map of the charge stations. I could make it with no problem. Without one drop of fucking gas. I could just just fly all the way over there. Right. That's pretty dope. Yeah. You know, especially if you live in California. Jesus. I think there's more <laughs> electric charging stations than gas stations at this point. <laughs> no, sadly they're not, but it's getting getting better. Uh, this is a cool technology. However, it, it's never been my favorite. My favorite's hydrogen. Oh, but right. no one gave a fuck about hydrogen, I guess. <laughs> so, but this is pretty cool. Um, they said they can. They said in another article that they lowered the cost significantly. One because it's a smaller vehicle and it doesn't have as many high end. You know, it's still high end, but it's not like fucking crazy shit like the other one. Had. <laughs> um, but also. Since they opened up that plant in Nevada, which my state was supposed to get that fucking plant, but Nevada um, doesn't have any property tax or something. Uh. Um, so they got it. But now they're going to be making their own batteries um, and their own like electronics and stuff here. So not only are they making that shit American made, all that shit's made American made. That's dope. You know, so it's nice. nice that we're making something high end. <laughs> for you know, once. I, just, I like it you know we're doing something different in automotives again you know so i hope it i hope it um takes off because because tesla's really the thermometer if tesla takes off everyone else is going to have to do it too you know and yeah. and then you're going to have more and more my friend has this weird theory though it kind of makes sense although i don't think it's a big problem as he thinks it is he says that if everyone got an electric car the grid wouldn't be able to handle it. The electric grid. Because mm. we, we're all charging our cars all the time. And I mm. go, eh, I think there's ways of dealing with that. Right. It's not pulling that much power to charge a fucking car. I know, right? You know, so... <laughs> and also, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people, rich people, again, <laughs> who own Teslas, um, they have, uh, they'll have like that because Tesla has a battery thing now that you can put in your house. So, yes. like, if you have solar, it charges the battery, and then the battery provides you with electricity throughout the night. So they get these – they get, like, this system in their house where there's a solar panel specifically for the car, and it charges the battery, and then the battery charges the car. So they're, they're literally spending zero money to fuel their vehicle, <laughs> which I think is fucking just elegantly sexy. Right. You know? Um, but again, we need to lower costs, like anything. Yeah. New technology costs need to come down. So, I'm excited about it. What do you think? You can get an electric car later if it gets cheap. Well, yeah, I mean that's kind of cheap enough, you know. Or you know, I yeah, mean, thirty five is a ballpark, dude. Yeah, you know, it's better than a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, according to Polygon. Microsoft's next major update for Windows 10 will drop this summer. The update will bring biometric authentication support to the Edge browser that no one is using, an overhauled Windows Ink experience, and the ability to turn an Xbox One into a dev kit. The update will come about a year after the introduction of Windows 10 
Terry Meyerson, executive vice president of Windows and Devices Group, told the, uh, the gathering of developers that Windows 10, which launched eight months ago, currently has 270 million active users who spent 75 billion hours uh, in the operating system. They did not specify whether that was due to a voluntary or involuntary Windows 10 upgrade. So. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that biometric authentication for Edge. Yeah, that's cool. Well, here's the thing that I don't get. The anniversary update, like they're giving you a gift. All the updates are free. I know, right? So where's the gift? <laughs> I don't understand it. I mean, whatever, you know. Yeah. I, I don't have much. Microsoft's actually been doing some interesting shit. Like they're, they're going to be adding the Linux, well, a very gimped version yeah, of right. the Linux kernel into Windows 10. Um. Which is exciting for developers, really means dick to everybody else. But um, <laughs> it was an interesting move, business-wise, because it, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, you know, what Linux you win when it came to development and uh, server implementation. Like, so you know, Linux community was kind of waving flags a little bit, excited. <laughs> I like to see them excited. They don't get right. much, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. that's true. And anytime somebody throws you a bone, it's like, right, we you know? won. <laughs> I mean, truth be told, Linux has one server. I mean, that's been forever. Right. But no one cares because no one even knows how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the average Joe is like, server? What? I, I don't get I can't even. The internet <laughs> is a series of tubes. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. All right. Do you have anything else to add to that? It's kind of a... No, it's just kind of just to me. It's kind of like biometrics for Edge. Yeah, where are those extensions? If how those extensions using, are doing? If anyone is using Edge, they have a fucking death wish for their computer. I've, that, I that said, browser sucks. I dude. said this once to uh, to a customer at my job, and because I guess yeah, I'm having trouble with this. He goes, I downloaded one. So I go, what browser are you using? He goes, uh, the one that came with it. I go, okay, so that would be Edge. Um, here's something I never thought I would say. Open up Edge, download Internet Explorer. <laughs> well, no, see, here's the thing. And this is another convoluted thing with Windows 10. Windows 10 comes with Internet Explorer. Yeah. It comes with both. Yeah. You know, because well, no. Edge is still in fucking beta. Yeah. yeah. But Edge is so, like, in your face when you install Windows 10. It's like, you're putting beta software on the forefront? Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Sit the fuck down. It's like not only is that shitty to the consumer, but you're just digging your own fucking grave. Because yeah. the, the average average person – I keep saying average person a lot. Mm -hmm. the, a, a normal computer user isn't going to know that there's two fucking browsers and that this one's beta and all that bullshit. He's just going to go, this is the browser that came with it. It sucks. I know. It's like you know, our joke has always been, yeah, you only use Internet Explorer once. Open up to download another – another browser now you're just now you're like oh you got edge no use ie <laughs> i don't know um linux comes with firefox so what's this internet explorer thing? <laughs> i don't have to worry about that anyway as i come down off of my fucking little pedestal um <laughs> it looks as though goosebumps rob Letterman is going to be directing the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie from Warner Brothers. Uh, this report comes from <laughs> this report comes from the tracking board, uh, who also say while no casting announcements have been made, producers are eyeing a Vin Diesel type 
for the lead <laughs> character, which means they're eyeing Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel. But if he doesn't do it, they're going right. to get someone that looks like him. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, we'll get the dude from Kung Fury. <laughs> ah. David Leslie Jones from Wrath of Titans has uh, written the script for the movie, which will feature a warrior and a band of creatures searching for a mythical treasure. So every Dungeons and Dragons game ever, <laughs> right. um, which is fine. <laughs> Producers Roy Lee, Stephen Davis, Brian Goldner, and Courtney Solomon uh, will be overseeing the project, and it's being executive produced by Alan Seaman, Kate Adams, Drew Crevlo. You said Seaman. Coral Wright and Josh Feldman. Jesus, it's like a big fucking to do. Big group of cats fucking overseeing the movie, <laughs> which just means throwing money at it. Um, a few years ago, Warner Brothers, uh, Hasbro, and Sweet Pea Entertainment had to settle a long legal dispute over who held the screen rights to a D and D film. Hasbro sued Sweet Pea. I don't know who the fuck Sweet Pea is, by the way, and the company comprised or compromised in an undisclosed agreement uh, before this new project could move forward. Rob Letterman directed last year's Goosebumps movie, which was pretty dope, dude. I saw that movie. I bought I, it. I haven't Blu-ray. seen it yet. I haven't seen it, it was, yet. It was cool. I mean, it's Goosebumps. You know, right. It's not supposed to be too serious, but it was a cute little movie and has also previously worked on Gulliver's Travels and Shock Tale. So here's the thing, and I love Dungeons & Dragons. I, I know a lot of the lore. I've played the game plenty. I mean, it's it's great. It's the it's the basis of almost every RPG. You can see a touch of Dungeons and Dragons in almost every single one. Um, doing just a Dungeons and Dragons movie is lame because it's just going to be a generic fantasy movie. Right. Um, now, if you want to pick a specific story, maybe one of the books, uh, definitely Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate. You do a movie off of that, that could be very interesting. Um, or even a movie where it's like people actually playing the game and somehow it becomes real. Some campy like that, but fun, you know. But last Dungeons and Dragons movie, <laughs> which a lot of people don't remember because they blocked it out. Yeah, I, I, I don't re- I don't remember the last one horrible movie <laughs> it had nothing see dungeon the problem is is dungeons and dragons oh i was is... thinking of double dragon sorry <laughs> dungeons and dragons is and i was it's the foundation of of rpgs yeah it really is um it's obviously dungeons and dragons inspired from like lord of the rings and stuff but it's the foundation of a game and the problem with that is it's so generic now that you could really make any fantasy movie and slap Dungeons and Dragons on it, and you're kind of in the ballpark, <laughs> you know. So right. they they're gonna need to pick one of the iconic stories in the Dungeons and Dragons universe and make it good. You know, Icewind Dale would be dope. Everyone would see that mm-hmm. um, because it's fucking Icewind Dale. I've read all those books and they're the shit a lot of people are a little over it though because <laughs> it's like the best everyone talks about it um so i don't know man i i honestly i don't have high hopes I yeah just don't. i would i would just i would keep that expectation down because dungeon i mean dungeons and dragons <laughs> zach is snyder's gonna has been tapped to direct the oh forget it <laughs> dungeons and dragons is good the source material itself is kind of generic because it has to be because it's a game. 
Right. And it's a it's a it's a imagination game. You're supposed to be filling it in yourself. You know, so that doesn't mean they can't do it, but I mean, you got to make it cool. You got to make it look like something like the game, you know, because it's the fucking game. Fuckers, <laughs> you know, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just uh, saying. Yeah. All right. As we let that sink in, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time we move on. To, uh, and that actually, no, I take that back. That'll bring us to the end of headlines. So this week's discussion. Yeah, this week's discussion topic. Uh, I'm gonna just read the article straight from Torrent Freak. Uh, Earlier this year, Paramount Pictures and CBS Studios filed a lawsuit against the makers of the Star Trek-inspired fan film, accusing them of copyright infringement. The dispute centers around the well-received short film Star Trek: Prelude to um, Azanar, and the planned follow-up feature film Azanar. Uh, the project is an idea from Alec Peters, who started working on it half a decade ago. I can they just say five years ago. Uh, the f- the short film turned into a massive hit and quickly raised more than one hundred thousand dollars through fund through crowdfunding, and the follow up feature raised more than six hundred thirty five thousand on Kickstarter alone. That's a serious budget for a fan art project, and the success prompted the attention of both Paramount Pictures and CBS Studios, who filed their complaint at a California federal court last December. Among other things, Star Trek rights holders claimed ownership over various Star Trek-related settings, characters, species, colors, clothing, shapes, words, short phrases, and even the Klingon language. This week, Xanar Productions and Alex Peters responded to the allegations put forth in the complaint. According to the filmmakers of the fan film, several of the alleged, quote, infringing elements, end quote, are not protected by copyright to begin with. In their reply, the filmmakers argued that the words and short phrases such as names, titles, and slogans can't be protected. This includes the popular phrase, beam me up, as well as several other Star Trek-related names. They include... The names uh, Garth of Izar, Saval, Richard Rabu, and John Gill are not protectable, or neither are the words Andorians, Trelariats, Romulans, Anzar, Arcanus Four, Quonos, uh, Rigel, Andoria, Teller Prime, Vulcans, Klingons, Terra, Starship Enterprise, Starfleet, Federation, Starships, Stardate, and Federation, or a short phrase beaming up, beaming up, they write. In addition, Anar Productions points out that Paramount and CBS can't claim ownership over the Klingon language, which is nothing more than an idea, according to the defendants. Quote, the Klingon language itself is an idea or a system and is not copyrightable, they write. The mere allegations the defendants use the Klingon language without any uh, allegations that defendants copied plaintiffs' particularly expression particular expression of that language is therefore insufficient to state a claim for copyright infringement as to any protected element. The defendants continued by stressing that the use of the word Vulcan appears uh, and the heat ray phaser weapons are not unique to Star Trek. They are common appearances in nature and or have been used in fictional works before. Quote, Vulcan appearance, a species with pointy ears, is not original to Star Trek and has appeared in many fictional fantasy works depicting imaginary humanoid species 
uh, predating Star Trek, including but not limited to vampires, elves, fairies, and werewolves, as well as many animals in nature. <laughs> Who had to write this court document, though? Right? That's what I want to know. <laughs> so it was either someone who was really angry that he had to do it, or someone who was living the fucking dream in that <laughs> office. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Phases are also known as heat ray weapons, which have existed in science fiction since H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds in 1898. Mm -hmm. The complaint notes, aside beside the questions Anzar raises over copyright protection, they also argue that the allegations aren't specific enough since it's not specified which exact copyrights have been infringed. I'm what? sorry, I just I just clicked on the article. That picture of fucking Warp. I know, right? That's... He's got that he's got that cold stare. Like, what the fuck? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, quote: While plaintiffs allege that they own more than 700 Star Trek episode television episodes, a dozen motion pictures, and four books, they still fail to specify which of those copyright defendants have allegedly infringed. As a result, NR Production asked the court to dismiss or strike the copyright claims in question. So, my question to you is, according to basically like this article and what they're trying to copyright, you think uh, Paramount is going a little too far with the copyright? Or just simply say, Star Trek is our franchise, you can't make it? <laughs> now that I agree with. Right. The, the, actual, the actual work is owned by Paramount. Right. Um, now, under... I forget the law, and I know you'll, you'll know it, but you can make stuff that you're not making money off of. Right. You know? Um, but to fucking copyright all that other shit? Yeah. Let's calm down, dude. <laughs> they're, they're just trying to get as much money out of it as possible. Because, look, it's per... <laughs> There's two things wrong with it, okay? One is exactly what it said most of what's in star trek is inspired from something else and like vulcans vulcans are the elves of star trek that's really what they are it, it, in in form in in um in fucking culture everything yeah and i've heard the term used in other sci-fi vulcans you know yeah. in, in starships and the know. weaponry and the technology and yeah star trek took that stuff and built on it and made it much more Star Trek was the first one that made the technology kind of the, its own star, right. you know, its own character. Like the ship had a voice, and you were you, you the Enterprise is every every much a star of those movies and the TV shows as as the people that are there. But it's it's a little ridiculous. The second thing that's wrong with it is when a work becomes Star Wars is another one. When a work becomes so ingrained in the pop culture, so iconic. You can't go running around slapping lawsuits on every fan that wants to idolize it. Right. You just can't. And it's not right. And that's the thing. Like Paramount, as well as Lucasfilms, uh, has always been very, very generous in regards to yeah. fan projects. Fan films, little shorts, things like that, because they know it's Which just... Which is surprising, because Lucas is kind of a dick. <laughs> I know. But, you know, he's always been very good at letting people kind of do what they want to do, do the little fan films, you know. As long as you weren't blatantly trying to steal his shit right. to make you some money. To try to make some money, right. And uh, it, that's been the that kind of thing. I mean, other other types of, of series. And Doctor Who is another one that... You know, the BBC is like very much like, you know, you can you can do your shit, but just be careful where you're going. Uh, 
but you know there are other ones like uh fox in general has always been very bad with that kind of stuff yeah but uh you know i mean copyright infringement and this is where the problem with this uh not necessarily the problem with the lawsuit which was initiated by paramount uh it's the problem with um the xanar productions is they don't have ownership of any of this their film is based off of an established work created for the star trek series they do not have ownership of it so there's no way that you can make this film because obviously if you're going to make this film and I think the whole nature of this is said something about giving it some kind of release where they would actually make a feature film, which of course you can't make a feature film without making some money back. And that's really where the, the problem with this. And I know there's some people like fucking Paramount's just trying to, no Paramount owns the right to the film, to this, to this. And, and as much as we all love to see anything, I mean, I was a Star Trek fan. I'm, I'm curious now. I want to see this, you know, but it, Think, think. Here's a, here's a good little mental exercise. If <laughs> if Gene Roddenberry was still alive and he owned the rights to Star Trek, you wouldn't be slapping him in the face like you are Paramount. Right. It's kind of like that because these laws exist to protect the creator of the work, so people can't go, "Oh, that's a cute idea. Let's do it ourselves and steal it." Right. You know. Now, obviously, Gene Roddenberry is passed on, and paramount now owns exclusive routes and paramount's just a company you know they're not the artist you know <laughs> so it's easier to go fuck you paramount you know i say fuck you paramount all the time because they're trying to sell these movies too fucking high right exactly like, i can't i'm trying to buy the next generation blu-ray collection man they fucking <laughs> they're talking about six hundred dollars out their fucking mind yeah. but these laws are important and you can't just have anyone running around making money off of whatever the fuck they want like they got to make up their own shit. Yeah. Now, can they have something that looks like a Vulcan in their own shit? Can they have something that looks like a phaser, teleportation, warp drive? Of course you can. You know, you can't copyright that little shit. Yeah. Well, you know? and, and you know, and and I think the, the I think the the response by Alec Peters and and company is really pretty much semantics is what they're trying to yeah. say. Is they're trying to say, well, we're using these things that they can't c copyright you know that they can't cover it yeah they can because those are characters that appear within in their series and the problem is is that you're going to promote this as a star trek fan film and if you're going to if you're just creating the film you have no intention of making money off it and and the hard part of that is when you're crowdsourcing you're crowdfunding you have to those people that donate money don't just donate to donate. There, there has to be something coming back. Yeah. So I, and and that's where the problem really lies. Is, you know, Paramount was okay with all of that stuff, and then when they started crowdsourcing, they're like, whoa, 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 wait. You're you're pulling money to create this now. This is this is where we have to kind of draw the line. And and there's know. been there's been fan films, good ones. Yeah. With actual people who were in Star Trek. On YouTube and shit, you know. I mean, they were kind of campy, but they're they're all right. right, you know. But um, I don't know, man. Like it's it's just, I think Paramount fucked up because they could have kept it real clean. They go, look, we own the rights to Star Trek, right? And you can't you can't make a you can't make something off of our property and make money from it. And they could have ended it there, and they would have won out of court immediately. And 
and and that would have been and, but you know i i it's i understand probably why they didn't outright do that because of the fact that like well we don't want to tell people they can't make fan films but we don't we want to tell them they can't make certain type of fan films it's a slippery it's a slippery slope for paramount and cbs either way yeah because any way they play this there's going to be a group of people that think they're assholes. Right. It doesn't matter because they're stopping something that people want to see. People don't care about the law. They just want to see it. Right. So they don't give a fuck. Um, another thing too, like copyright the Klingon language. The majority of the Klingon language was invented by the fans. Right. And it's gibberish anyway. <laughs> no fucking they, they. No, they have they they really. I know they have that Klingon dictionary. They have fucking Shakespeare and Klingon. Like this is some crazy shit. But fucking Paramount didn't do that. Yeah. That was just fans that did it. You know, it's it's something that it, it's it's almost like art transcends. It transcends a certain point, and it becomes so much. Like people say things from Star Trek who've never even seen Star Trek, right? Like because it's just so in the culture, and it's I don't know, man. Like fan films are cool, but this sound this sounds shady to me. Like it sounds like they started off like the little prelude thing and like, oh, this is kind of fun, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a minute. We can make a little bit of money now. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing is it's like, you know, I mean, I, I think what really, really kind of pulls it in for at least Paramount is the fact of that they're raising money from the public. Yeah. And almost like Paramount saying, whoa, 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 we don't condone this. We're not endorsing this. And I think that's where the big problem lies, because if they release it and they're still unclear on how they plan to release it. And I think that's where Paramount and, and CBS kind of have that issue of like, whoa, how are you going to release this? Are you going to make money back on this? How are you spending the money? Because I think that's also been, I remember reading something late last year where they said like, they're not, they're, there's no documentation on how they're spending the money. So it's kind of alluding to the fact of how much are you actually spending on the film and how much are you actually keeping like, are you making well, money off of this? There's also two, like, okay, let's say they make this this movie, right, and they cut it on Blu-ray. Right. They sell it direct to Blu-ray, whatever. What if the movie is absolute fucking trash? Or what if it has a scene in it that's really inappropriate or it doesn't fit within the Star Trek universe? A lot of fucking people, dare I say the majority of people that see it in that way where they just pick up the Blu-ray, they're going to be looking at Paramount. Yeah. It it tarnish it tarnishes their rep and they had nothing to do with it. They have to protect their fucking property. Yeah. And keep it a certain way. And I and I think that's where the line needs to be drawn. And I think like, you know This far no further, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no. This that should be drawn. This far no farther. <laughs> See now we gonna get a fucking six. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, and I have no problem. I just saw a, a, a fan film, which was a prelude to Batman versus Superman. Somebody did. And, you know, and those fan films are fine and people want to do it. They want to do a fan film. Fine. Do it. Just, you know, you got to be careful how you're doing it. Like, to me, this is just simply like we've gotten the popularity. We've raised money. We can do it because we're not infringing on anything because all this stuff is is, you know, uh, can't be protected it's like no it can be protected and and a lot of the characters within those things are protected because they are part of their universe and if you're using such things then yeah because you're not using heat rays you're gonna probably be using phasers yeah exact yeah. phases and the yeah. same sound effects right and you know all that shit and i mean like i can't hate on paramount for this at all like 
as um, much as we want to. As much as I would love to, <laughs> I'd love to point fingers at Paramount and call them assholes, but I can't. They're they're within their legal right, and not only that, it's just not right. You can't make money off of someone else's shit. No. You just can't. You know now, you know whatever asshole <laughs> at Paramount decided to try to copyright every fucking little thing <laughs> right. needs to take a vacation. You know, relax. But uh, I kind of side with Paramount on this. Um, it's it's just I, I just think Paramount should just make it simple and say, no, this is our property. You can't do it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They should have kept it nice and simple and sweet. But another thing too, you have to you can't really hate on Paramount too. Paramount, and it's just like what you said. They've always been cool, man. Like people have made so many fan things with Star Trek. Like they've there's been animated things on YouTube. There's been full feature things on YouTube. Everything they never fucking batted an eye at it. Fan fiction, you know. Fan fictions all over the place, you know. Fucking never said a word. As soon as somebody's trying to cut profit, they go, "Hey, wait a minute." Yeah. Like fuck you, ass. This is my shit. Now you know we got fans that are gonna talk shit. No. You yeah. need to look at the big picture and see what it is for what it is. Motherfucker. <laughs> That's at that at, at the end of the document, motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for checking out this week's show. You can subscribe and get this show every Monday. Download it directly to the listening device of your choice. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Libsyn. If you're old school, you can go directly to the website, thelazygeeks.com. And then while you're there... You throw a comment out. That's right. Let us know what you think or what you don't think <laughs> or Paramount thinks. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, definitely um, read them. And it's cool when we get comments and we can talk. Remember, remember back in the day we used to fucking um, – we used to put the comment, like the best comment oh, on right. the podcast. Back when people commented. Yeah. Get it together, guys. Yeah. Now you've got like two main people that comment all the time, <laughs> and I feel like they're part of the show right? because <laughs> all their comments are like suggestions. And I'm not saying it's bad because it's always really cool, but it's <laughs> it's like they're just like our like creative liaisons basically. <laughs> right. You know? You know who you are. Yeah. Right? You guys know who you are. You can also catch us on social media, facebook.com slash thelazygeeks. We're on Google+, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, all under the name The Lazy Geeks, one word. And if that doesn't tickle your fancy, definitely pull up the email, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. And you can find me, myself, Stephen, on the internet, on Twitter, at a middle-aged geek, on my Instagram, middle-aged underscore geek, or check out my blog, the themiddleagedgeek.com and you can find me right here <laughs> and that's about it maybe twitter i don't know you haven't used twitter much lately <laughs> every once in a while right <laughs> actually I, i'm i'm supposed to be headlining the uh the instagram account which has been very quiet this last week because i've been tied up in some family stuff but i'm definitely going to be getting back into that but I've been throwing uh, some stuff up there. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, Twitter, I'm trying, guys. I'm I'm really trying, but <laughs> I, I've never liked Twitter. It's just it doesn't. I, I don't know if I just don't get it. Like I feel old when I say that, but it's <laughs> it's just anyone who's listened to this podcast long enough knows I like to talk, <laughs> and giving me a little limitation on how much I can type, I don't fucking like. Like sometimes I got a bigger a bigger point that I'm trying to make. You know? Eventually he gets around to it, but you know. 
was like 15 <laughs> tweets in a row just to get a point through. You know. All right. Well, that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.